Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by HypeBot.com. As always, I want to give a big shout out to everybody over at HypeBot, Bruce and everyone who's over there, and thanks for all your support and and getting behind the podcast here. Um, Make sure you head over to HypeBot, check that out daily. It's a great source for music industry news, marketing tips, tricks, everything that's going on in the business. Um... Jay will not be joining us today. He got called into a last-minute client meeting, as will happen. But I am excited. We've got a special guest joining us today. I want to welcome Nick Teeter. And Nick um, is General Manager, North America for Frontiers. And uh, listen, if you're any bit of a rock fan, classic rock fan, hard rock fan, let's just call it a hair metal fan of the 80s you better be aware of what frontiers is i you know you guys are basically keeping it alive for that style of music i mean safe to say yeah i think um there's probably uh some other labels that definitely dabble in it uh and but you guys uh, do a lot more than just dabble in it it's not the occasional release we're uh we're um you know up to our necks in the swimming pool <laughs> uh, for sure with no floaties on um you know and, it, and it's a good thing because i i think what has happened with a lot of these bands is that they still want to create uh these are incredibly talented musicians and i think that's kind of gotten lost when um when uh, the major labels and and every the fans kind of moved on to grunge and then it was the next thing and so on and so forth but in these more recent years you've really seen a a resurgence of popularity in this stuff and i think it's because uh folks like you and me and and our peers uh, we've had children and uh, our children are now being exposed to all this music so you've got a lot of teenagers and kids into the college years who now are saying hey you know what uh, L.A. Guns is awesome. Striper's awesome. Warrant's awesome. They 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 love this music. Uh, you can see the touring that bands like Def Leppard and Tesla and Whitesnake are able to do. There there's a uh, Kiss, especially. Uh, you go and it's a family affair. It's literally generations attending the concerts. So the interest is that that stigma that was there, uh, for for lack of a better term, in the early '90s is worn off. And people say, yeah, you know what? This music was great. And these were really talented musicians. And we're happy to give them a place to continue to create because they are talented and they do have something to say musically. And there's people that want to hear it. So we want to keep giving them a home to put out this music while they're still inclined to do so. You know, and, and listen, as a music fan, I'll just say thank you. I mean, you know, any, any anywhere we can find new music and and i'm gonna say it's music the the hard rock genre is alive and well no matter what people might say that rock is dead i'm sorry if if you think rock is dead you've got your head stuck under a rock because there is more there's more great music being released now than it could be argued than was coming out during the 80s because during the 80s you really had the gatekeepers of the big record labels picking and choosing what sure. was coming out. Now, all of these artists can release it if they want to. It's up to them. It's literally up to the artists now. And as you said at the very outset, they still want to record. You know, yeah. at, at their heart, they're musicians and they have a creative need to get something out there. And, uh, you know, Jay and I wave the flag in this day and age of the music industry playing fields are leveled you know there's no reason any band can't release music now there's there's a lot that surrounds this that you could you could get in discussions about but yeah it is a level playing field you no longer need a quarter million dollar budget just to get into the studio you no longer need a quarter million budget just to record a video you you can you can do all of this very inexpensively and the end result is still very high quality yeah, it's that's exactly right. And the goalposts have moved. 
Yeah. But you can still score. And that's just how people have to uh, have to think of it. You know, the musicians have to think about it. It's not you don't need five hundred million dollars to record a record anymore. You don't need five hundred million dollars to make a music video. Well, anymore. Let, 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 let me ask you, let me pick your brain. So you're yeah. dealing with a lot of artists who came out of that 80s era where money was just you know, money was not the issue. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys need support, tour support. You need videos. You whatever. We'll dump millions of dollars into you. Mm-hmm. And now these same artists who grew up understanding that it was all about big record advances and unlimited budgets are now working with you. And and this isn't anything about Frontiers, but you know those unlimited budgets don't exist anymore. The the yeah. deep the deep pockets are gone everywhere in the industry. Yeah. Are you finding yourself having to sit down and and maybe with some of the artists give them a little education of uh, you know you're not you're not getting all of that you know it you're not going to yeah. sell a million copies. It's 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 funny. I I, I always flash back to years ago and you probably remember this sebastian bach made a comment how come i've got eight hundred thousand people <laughs> on my facebook page yeah. and i can't yeah. sell eight hundred thousand albums well that's not how it works so are you not. having to kind of educate slap some reality of guys this is not this is the music business in 2018 it's not what you used were used to when you got signed by major label a b or c I would say that the vast majority of artists kind of get the lay of the land now. They understand that, hey, it's not um, this 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 explosion uh, that it was back in the day where you could sell millions of records. They really seem to get that everybody's suffering from the same thing. So it's not like these artists are only are, are selling less and everybody else is still selling crazy right. numbers. You look nobody's at nobody's selling. <laughs> Yeah, you just show the charts. Look, it's everybody. It's overall. It's the industry. It's not specific to you. Don't take it personally. Um, the social media stuff. Some artists are are particularly savvy about it. They're they're really good with it, or they have a manager who has somebody on their staff who's just handles it for them. Is particularly savvy with it. Some you have to do the education process. You know, hey, look, don't just share what the label posted. Craft your own post. It's important to tag Apple Music or Amazon or Spotify or whatever retailer streaming service to show them some love so we can then in turn show it to the distributor and pass it along and hope to get some placement or attention on playlist. You know, that you have to educate on that stuff. You know, the hardest conversation, mo- again, the vast majority of artists get that radio has moved on from them. They understand we're we're not going to be on the radio anymore. Doesn't matter no, who well, we were. Well, is 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 it more of our new music's not going to be on the radio, but they'll play right. they'll play the crap out of what we released thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's like the big thing. Everybody's like, oh, we should do a classic rock campaign, and you know, okay, if you're, um, you know, Skid Row, they'll keep playing "I Remember You" and "18 in Life." I, I hear it on the station down here in Nashville all the time. Both those songs, but. If you're saying, oh, we've got new music from a band, classic rock, maybe they have a specialty show on a station that they'll spin a song in there. And what we found is, you know, these campaigns are good for awareness, certainly, with with the right acts who are getting classic rock play on their classic songs. But new music, I mean, you're not really going to move the needle in terms of sales of a new album because you're, you're on a specialty show and maybe that makes a few hardcore fans aware, but ultimately you're not really seeing it be this huge impact. Um, there are things you have to do with radio, of course. You know, specialty radio, uh, try to get on satellite radio, of course. Uh, you go to all these places that might play this new music. But the saying like, oh, we're going to do a, a, a spend, you know, these ten th- tens of thousands of dollars on an active rock campaign, it's just not in the vocabulary because you're you're flushing money down the toilet. Maybe a Metallica, a Guns N' Roses, someone of that tremendous stature might be able, would be able to get songs on rock radio, but everybody else, you know, they're they're playing. They've moved on. The stations have moved on. They're not really interested. Right. In this stuff. Is 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 there any value for artists like that? In and it's not about servicing your new music, 
but it's just informing all of the the station talent that you've got new music. So if they come out of a break playing, you know, 18 in Life, they always want to talk about something. Oh, hey, that was 18 in Life by Skid Row. Hey, I heard they just had a new album out. They're never yep. going to play the new album, but at least yep. you might be able to educate the stations to talk about it. Yeah, because that is better than nothing, isn't it? Exactly. So- there is absolutely value in that and 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 telling you know we email the folks at hair nation and ozzy's boneyard all the time hey just here's our cheat sheet of what we've got going on from bands that you play the classics from on your station so that when those guys do come out of break they're saying hey that was a classic winger track by the way they're putting out a new album next month yeah called such and such you know that that there is absolutely value in that because they have an audience so, you know, the new radio is playlists, Spotify yep. playlists, you know, streaming playlists. Um, but it also seems like that's potentially a battle for a lot of these classic artists who sit there and go, I hate streaming. I make no money off of streaming. I'm getting screwed off of streaming. I don't want anybody to listen to streaming. How how are you approaching that with artists to educate them that streaming is actually valuable? It, 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 it's, it's 2018. You've got to move on from getting added to the top 40 playlist. As you said, yep. that's dead and that's over. How yep. are you confronting that issue of streaming with artists? I think the storyline there is, and we have this with the older demo who are uh, follow us on the social media? You, you post a link to Apple Music or Spotify, and you get this response that I only buy CDs. Okay, you know that's fine. You know, listen to music however you want to. Uh, we're not interested in telling people how to consume their music. We're just thankful they're listening to the music we put out. I don't care if you're watching a YouTube video, streaming, downloading. However, you're buying a CD, buying a vinyl. Thank you for listening. Period. It, that's the first step. Just getting people's right. attention in this world where we're overwhelmed with so much media to consume. So, but to answer your question, it's just, the artist and these fans who, who have this, you know, the, the narrative that got out that it's, oh, 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 one cent, you know, per stream. And uh, the, this thing that oh, if I buy a CD, I'm putting $10 directly in the artist's pocket and, and, and all that we say, Think of it this way. If somebody's putting out a new album and you don't know how you want to spend your money uh, on, a, on, uh, on music, you know, if, if, should I buy that vinyl? Should I buy that CD? Should I buy that download? Look at the streaming services as the ultimate listening station. Exactly. It's, it's like when I, was, when I was growing up in northern Virginia, right outside D.C., I had Kemp Mill Records and then Tower Records moved in. And with the taxes in Virginia and CDs being $11.99 each at the time, I knew it was $25.06 to go to either one and buy two CDs. And I never wanted to waste that $25.06 because I was a broke teenager. Exactly. And you wanted your money's worth. You know, as, as, as I, always, I always laugh back, you know, as, as music consumers – we were tired of getting burned by buying an album that had uh, one yeah. great track on it and then yep. we never got anything else good on it. Yeah. So when Tower Records moved in and they had the listening stations and I could say, sit there and listen to stuff and then say, okay, this is money well spent. It was fabulous. So people who are anti-streaming need to realize that's really what it is. It's a, a listening station with every, well, almost every single record ever made right. on there. And that's amazing. You know, to me, it, it's like if you're, if you're holding your product off of there, unless you're, unless you're maybe a Taylor Swift or somebody of that stature, nobody's saying, Oh, well, I guess I'll have to go buy the CD. No, they're saying, no, I'll just go listen to this band instead. Well, that's, that, that's exactly it. You know, I, I, uh, I love my music. I've bought countless CDs, thousands of CDs, I've got 1,000 vinyl albums sitting next to me. Mm. Um, but streaming service as a music fan is is gold for me because I can discover stuff. And and to me, that's what it is. Um, you know, especially on Spotify, 
the Discover Weekly and the the release release radar playlists are so tuned in to me personally. I can't tell you how many new artists I've discovered that I've never heard of or artists that I've known, but I'm like, I didn't know they had new music coming out. Thank you for putting it in front of me. I discover it. Now, do I go out and actually buy the CD? That what I will end up doing is I spend money. How I spend the money is determined on what's going on. Are they coming to town? Well, I'm going to go buy a concert ticket because I just heard your new album and I loved it. I'll buy a T-shirt. I'm going to go to yeah. your fan club. I'm going to. Yeah. There, there's to me that's the value of streaming. Is it's not just about selling a track or a disc. It's it's about selling something. If you can get that fan connected. And you as an artist are doing everything you should be. You should have everything available to the to the fan. Yeah. I don't care how you spend your 10 bucks. Just spend 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's that's the problem is and not everybody. I think a lot of artists really I think the majority of artists really, really get it. But there's there is some of those with the mindset that I've got to keep it all behind a paywall and you can't do that anymore. You probably weren't upset about the existence of a listening station in a record store. So now everybody wants everybody wants to do everything at home. And it's just the same concept. That's all really streaming is to me. It's just a way to to have a, a, a listening station available to every single human being on the planet. And that is amazing. It so is. I will do that. You know, Release Radar, I love that one on Spotify, too, because, oh, shoot, I didn't even know these guys had a new album out. Exactly. Like there, because it's impossible to keep up. Even because there like is you, there is so much music right now yeah. that that discovering it is the challenge. Every 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 technology company out there admits the golden nugget is discovering the music. If we can figure that out, and and that's what it comes down to. Those moments where you're just like, oh my god, so and so just released a single. Does that mean yeah. there's a new album coming? Yeah. Yep. I'm going to pay attention now. Yeah. Yeah. You start digging, then you find some stuff out. Maybe you pre-order the colored vinyl or you see they're going on tour with somebody else. You buy the ticket. It all starts to, to steamroll from there. You know, that's, that's, you know, and you and I are involved in the business. So we probably know more about who's got what coming than your average citizen. And, and even we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So if we can't even keep up, imagine what you're, you know, Joe on the street has no clue. Like, I've seen that like comments on on social media, you know, talking about an album that's a year or two old. They have a new album out. Uh, you know, you hear like Eddie Trunk rallying about it on his uh, serious right. show. You, you know, fa- people call him. They're like, "Hey, whatever happened to?" He's like, "Are you kidding? They've had two albums in the past three years." I know. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> where, where where have you been? And it's sort of yeah. like, well, if you want to if you want to be so stuck in your old ways that's what happens because guess what there aren't record stores anymore there's not there's not magazines that are giving you all this you it you get it right from the band and that that's that's beautiful and challenging at the same time because i'm sure you're like me you follow thousands and thousands of bands on facebook but you're relying on the band to keep you informed and as we know a lot of these bands don't do great jobs of of educating their fans as to what's going on um but there is so much great music to be discovered when you find it well that and you're following a thousand bands and you're definitely not seeing a thousand posts exactly yeah you (laughs) You got the 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 facebook algorithm is not not in your favor either but even if the bands were all doing it perfectly there's still the, the 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 chance of getting lost, the high probability rather of getting lost in the shuffle. So it, it's it's a very difficult game. But you mentioned record stores, and to me, I think this thing with Best Buy not selling CDs anymore is actually really going to help the industry. Uh, at least us independent labels. I felt that that was a very important band aid to get ripped off. You know, let's let's kick that crutch out and, and just just move on from it because. Now, I think this will help independent record stores thrive. I completely agree. I mean, we, I think if you've been around the business long enough, you know the death to independent record stores wasn't necessarily the Internet. 
it was Targets, Walmarts, Best Buys, when they first came in and, you know, I don't want to sound like grandpa here, but they used to have huge selections of music. It used to be the go-to place. It was a very important retailer that everybody had to be in. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Hey, I'm going to, and they undercut prices. They also, yep. you know, every, they undercut the prices of a mom and pop store. So now all of a sudden it's like, all right, my best buy, there's a best buy in every fricking corner, easy enough to walk in there, grab it. It killed off the Indies. It, it really hurt them big time. And then of course the internet came along and that just didn't help. But I agree. I, I've been saying this. I think, um, the death of these giant box stores selling music is going to open up opportunities for the mom and pops mm-hmm. to come back because now all of a sudden there is no record store in this community area anymore. Yeah, and it was actually really disheartening. Uh, I posted something on the Frontiers Facebook, you know, uh, an article about Best Buy not selling CDs anymore, and the amount of comments of people, and they weren't kidding. Oh, where am I going to buy CDs now? Like, Buddy. What, what <laughs> are you talking about? First of all, you know, uh, there's Amazon. Amazon. And, and here's, here's a link. Recordstoreday.com. Enter your zip code. It will tell you you might have a local record store right, you know, two blocks from your house. Google, man. Use it, you know. And, and I, I think that I think it's it's good that people will stop you know, those types of fans will stop thinking of Best Buy as the as only place store. to get it. Yep. Yeah, it's not a record store. It's an electronic store, you know, that happened to sell some CDs. Yeah, I mean, so, I, let, 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 let's be honest. The only reason they ever sold CDs is because they wanted you to come in to buy a CD and walk out with a PlayStation. Or a microwave or whatever. Whatever. they that That's yeah. why the they lost money selling CDs because they wanted to sell you all the other high-end products. And listen, it... They don't need that anymore. Uh, you know, they're they're having a hard enough time selling anything that they don't need yeah. to sell music anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it it's it's only an upside for the 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 industry that they're going to fall out. And you know, and let's let let's hope that Target will follow along and eventually say, now nah, you know what, we don't want to do it anymore either. Because you know, you, if you walked into any of them today, the selection is so pitiful. That really, I mean, you're not going to find, you're not going to find anything. You're not going to discover new music. Let's put it that way. You're only going to find the major artists who are doing major activity that have got major push. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of us, uh, at least us indie labels, we were getting killed on returns too. Yeah. Because they would take in too much and then people would go in the stores and it's just sitting in a box, not even really out on street date because the clerks weren't motivated to properly take care of those music sections. So fans couldn't find it anyway. And then all of a sudden you feel good about what you shipped and then you get killed on returns from this one account. So to me, it's, it's, you know, it was a fun ride while it lasted, but thanks, let's move on. Let's well, get it back. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was, it was like the eighties. It's like, Hey, that was fun. If you were part of the music industry and you were a band during the eighties, Records were selling left and right. I mean, it was it was our daily routine. Every Tuesday, you went to your local record store and you hung out there for two hours because you knew yep. there was a boatload of stuff coming out. You would be lucky to be part of that. You enjoyed it. But let's stop sitting here going, I wish, I wish. How can we go back? You can't go back. You can't go back. Either Either embrace what's happening now and move forward. Or you're going to be left in the dust because there's plenty of bands that are doing what they need to now. Yeah. I mean, if you're a classic rock act, you don't put out music, just stay on the road yeah. until you don't feel like touring anymore. But if you if you want to have expectations in terms of sales for your new music based on what happened previously, then it's probably not worth your time. You know, you got to adjust to the times. You, you really you have to. There's still ways to do things. I think with the direct-to-consumer sales, uh, the vinyl explosion, hey, let's ride the wave while it's happening, you know, doing all the colored vinyl and and all that fun stuff. I'm enjoying it from a consumer perspective. You know, it could all change tomorrow. Who knows? So you just just go with the flow and you adjust accordingly as, as as the industry ebbs and flows as it has since it started. 
You know, the biggest battle, when people say, what's the biggest challenge in the music industry? I say, it's the same challenge that's been there since the music industry started. Said so you're always fighting indifference. If nobody knows you, notices you, or cares, that's your biggest problem. That's your biggest worry is indifference. Love, love me or hate me, just get out of the middle. <laughs> exactly. So when we have somebody like, everybody's bashing our song. Hey, at least they're talking about it. They're talking it. <laughs> about you. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, you it's your job to see if you can convince them that the next song is not worth bashing. It, again, yeah. yes, love me or hate me. It's the people who don't even know who you are. That's your problem. That's yeah. your problem. Um, so let me, you know, the importance of your fan base. That's always been an ongoing discussion. But with the with the bands that you work with, how much more important is it that, you know, like an L.A. Guns comes in and is like, all right, yeah, we're L.A. Guns, but we also have email lists. We also have ways to contact our fans because in this day and age, and, and this is this is no disrespect to any of these bands, your name alone doesn't sell anymore. You've got to be able to reach out to your fans. And as, as we know, during the 80s, bands didn't have contact with their fans. Uh, you know, a band, a band might have had a fan club or yeah, a mailing yeah. list, but, you know, we're, we're, we're talking something that had minimal impact on, on, yeah. on sales. Today, a band needs to come in with as many fans as possible because you, the record label, don't want to, and I'm assuming this, and tell me if I'm wrong, you don't want it, as great as a band might be, you don't want a band that has zero following and you're going to go, Christ, now we've got to build up the following in order to tell them there's new music in hopes they're going to buy it. You want someone to come to you and say, look at our following. Mailing lists, Twitter followers, Instagram followers, YouTube subscribers. I mean, is 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 that a a, a really important um, statement? I guess for bands in this day and age, that you've got to come prepared. Um, I, I think there's two ways of looking at this. So there's there's two buckets to what frontiers does and obviously we've been talking about the the 80s bands and and we work with some 70s bands like uriah heap and and yes and white snakes obviously from the 70s although associated with the 80s too but um those bands um yeah you look at it you say okay they 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 had uh success in a certain time frame and in some cases it was sustained while they continued on uh white snakes kind of you know, obviously, you know, uh, the 80s were their absolute peak, but they've been David Coverdale stayed busy, stayed putting out music and they've maintained a really. And I think they've actually gone back up again um, from from when they dipped a little in the 90s. And I think they've climbed back up again. Um, so, you know, oh, you know, we're going to put out some white snake. There is a built in base there. That's going to be really excited. So, yeah, you, you do look at the social. Yeah, they've got the, this social media number, YouTube views, et cetera. They come with this mailing list. That's going to be really tremendous assets to us. We do get some bands that come to us from those time time frames and say, hey, man, we had one song on MTV once. And, you know, like, and man, I could go pretty deep on this stuff. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. So no thanks, you know, like very politely. It's just like, okay, guys, cool, thanks. Uh, I don't think that really fits because, you, okay, just because you were there doesn't mean you were in the room. You know what I mean? Right. Or at, or at the party. So those kind of bands where it was it where you're really like, boy, that's super obscure. We, we tend to say mm, not so much. But that being said, sometimes if somebody at the label really actually knew that band is particularly passionate about it. Like, Oh my God, that band should have been huge. They were a victim of bad timing or whatever. Oh, then, you know, the, the, the main thing with the owner, Serafino is he's, he's all about the passion of the music. So he'll say, you know what? Uh, if everybody's really feeling the music and really love this band so much, 
yeah, you know, we're not going to spend a bazillion dollars on a marketing budget, but if the band's happy and just wants to put out a record through us, yeah, we can do that and, and help them out, you know, guide them a little bit with their social media and, and, and tell them what they can do to help promote themselves. That, that's no problem. But, you know, L.A. Guns is a great example of a band because they were one of those bands that was doing that two versions were touring at the same yep. time. And it was kind of kind of a mess. And when they contacted us and we knew it was Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis back together, the two core guys from that band, we said, okay, this would be a really cool project. We think fans will get excited. But that being said, the band also did a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. They announced that Tracy and Phil were back together and then they've hit the road and they've they've they kept touring and touring and touring to beat it into the fans brains that it was Tracy and Phil. And they knew they had to do that work to build it back up. And and they did it and they keep doing it and they are doing it. So that really and that ultimately helped us because by the time we announced the album, got the album out, most people you still saw a few comments. Is this what Tracy and Phil? But most people knew it was right. Tracy and Phil. And that in turn rewarded us with the sales we were anticipating. So the band. So many questions going through. I want to pop, jump back real quick. So yeah. that obscure band out of the 80s that you said has one hit, maybe did a couple years of opening arenas, yep. might have a name that you go, okay, I recognize the name. I didn't know what happened to him or whatever. As you said, if if that was all it is, you might sit there and go, no, guys, I mean, you know, it's not White Snake who may not have necessarily had all of the fan contacts, but they've been active. They've constantly been out there and in front of fans, so fans yep. always knew they were around. A um, number of years ago, I worked with uh, Ron Young and Little Caesar, a, pan a band that I'm very passionate about. And I remember yeah. when I first started working with them, he's like, Mike, you know, it's crazy because, you know, People might argue that Little Caesar back then was that that sort of obscure band. It, it had its moment. It didn't go anywhere, but you know, money was dumped on them, and they had they were out there in front of people. But he's like, Mike, we've now just got to spend our time going out there and telling all of finding the people from the '80s who knew of and liked Little Caesar, but for the last 30 years didn't know what happened. Now we got to go find them and go, hey. Yeah. We're we're here. We're, we're not. Back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Follow us. And so I guess the the long winded question here is: if an obscure band shows up on your doorstep and you're sort of like, well, you know, they go, yeah, but you know what? We spent the last year pulling in fans, and and here we go. I've got. 5,000 people on an email list and I've got active engagement for the last year going on on Facebook and we've been actively reaching out and developing our fan relationship does that potentially sway your thoughts about this where you go okay maybe you were an obscure band but at least you've now got a way to reach out to the fans where we don't have to sit here and go how the hell do we tell people that yeah. Yeah. That ban, you know, blah, 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 and I, I don't want to name anybody, but we all know who they are, is back and people go, who, what, huh, you know, at least the band did the legwork for you. Does that, is that, does that help in a decision? It could be. Yeah, I mean, it would absolutely be a factor. Are they showing up and doing all the various festivals and cruises in the U.S. and the U.K. and, and Europe? You know, are, are the, do they have a booking agent who's helping them? out you know with with those fans we never say hey man you got to get in the get in the van and and hit the road for 200 shows next year to promote this album because they're they they got day jobs they got families you know there's not these unreasonable expectations for them to be grinding but, but, out. I, but I would imagine you know you if you're looking at band a and band b yep. and band b is sitting here you is is actually making an effort to go out there and do 200 shows a year, even though they've got day jobs. But Band A is like, I can't do it. That's a determining factor. Well, yeah, you're definitely going to lean towards uh, Band B in that case, you know, because yeah. oh, you're doing, you're doing, you're trying to do that many shows. You're you've got an email list. You're active on your socials. That's definitely going to skew you that way over a, a band that's just 
hey, we're just kind of sitting here, haven't said anything to anybody for ten years. And and, and I guess you know what yeah. what what it comes down to, and I don't want this to sound the right way, but it's not just about the music. I mean, you 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 want every band to come with the best music they have possible, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's more than just the music that's going to propel it to the next level. The music is always the number one factor, but there's other considerations and there always will be. You you have to look at, you know, a great song released into a vacuum is still a great song, but if it's not, if it only is known to, it can only be known to five people, then you have to say, you know, what's the point? Right. So, but if it's a great song and all of a sudden, by the way, we've got X amount of followers on social media and we're going to be doing these marquee festivals and with some dates around them. It's like, okay, now we're, now, now we're, now we're got more of a vehicle to spread the word to these, to these fans. And, you know, I, when we started this part of the conversation, I said Frontiers has two buckets. And the first bucket is the, the classic rock 80s acts. And then this, the bucket and the new thing we're doing now is we're going for developing artists. So developing artists is a totally different conversation because they're coming to you without that history. And you're really judging the music to start. But even developing artists can still come to you with a fan base. And, and, and some history. Some stuff. And I think you talk to anybody at any label... And they're going to tell you if a band comes to us and they and and they have healthy social media numbers, they they are out there doing shows on their own. They are you know have those kind of things. They're really showing a work ethic, you know, the ability to manage their business on their own without anybody helping them. Then you say, okay, there's something going on here. We can take this. We can we can nurture it and we can help it go to the next level. That's you know, that's very attractive. So, I mean, may, may there be a case where a band is like, hey, we don't have anything going on yet, but here's our album. And you hear it and you're like, you know what? Maybe we should lock this up before anybody else hears it. Right, right. Because it's just that good and we're so blown away and we'll figure out all the other stuff. You know, we'll say, guys, your record's not going to come out tomorrow. It may be a year and a half, two years from now while we get you down the runway to where you need to be before we take off, you know, that, that can definitely be the case, but you certainly, you want to see somebody in the band who's adept at social media, somebody in the band who's adept at business. Maybe they come with a manager, maybe they don't, uh, whether they have a manager or not kind of depends on the band's stat. you know, like where they are in their career. Like, do you, do you need somebody taking 15, 20% of, of $0? Right. You, you know, so, uh, do they have um, a lawyer? You know, that always helps because you want them to have somebody protecting their interest, you know, making sure they're not making dumb decisions. You know, so there's there's all sorts of factors you look at with a developing artist. And anybody would tell you if they come to you with a healthy following, that is so attractive. But there can be cases where you say, you know what, let's this is just too good. Let's let's sort all that stuff out before we get their album out, but let's, let's get them on board because we're that excited. How do you discover potential developing artists to sign? I mean, I mean, this is the wonder of the internet, right? So you, you it's YouTube. Uh, if a band has their music out there, uh, on, on, uh, Spotify, you know, even if it's just a single or an EP, uh, that is a method uh, people recommend things all the time. It's just your network of people say, hey, man, my neighbor's cousin's girlfriend has this awesome rock and roll Right, band. right, right. <laughs> you know, and it, just like random things like that can pop up. It, you know, definitely you use online and, and definitely I would say most of the discovery comes from just stumbling across things. How, how much are you discovering of music that's, pitched presented to you versus music you just as you say stumble across and find i would say most of it comes from relationships okay you're working with a manager the man 
and the manager has a band on the label. He says, hey, you know, I just got this other thing. Or a lawyer, hey, guys, remember we did that agreement a couple of years ago? By the way, I just started working with this new band. Or, hey, um, this band came to us, not good for my label. Uh, I thought maybe they'd be a good fit for you guys. You know, that kind of thing. It, it's it's just a lot of the, the, the relationships are the bigger driver. And then the stumbling across it is is the is the smaller factor but it's definitely a factor okay sure um you know we can go on forever on this discussion i love (laughs) talking about stuff like this but i want to i want to wrap up with kind of one one final question for you if if you were to give advice to any artist whether it's a developing artist or that classic band out of the 80s who's getting back together and wants to see if they can get one last hurrah, um, what's a couple pieces of, of, of important advice besides making sure the music is great? I always tell clients, listen, the music has to be great. We're, there, there's, there's no discussion there. We assume the music is as great as possible. So put that aside. What's some of the couple things that they can do to help them? Get well, discovered. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, it's well, when you're talking about business, because once you're past the music side, then you're talking about the, the art it, the art as a business, right? And you talk to anybody in any business, doesn't doesn't matter, music, sports, accounting, legal, whatever. The most important thing is communication. So you've got to be effectively communicating what you've got going on to the correct parties. So that includes your fan base. That includes labels and managers and lawyers. You're trying to uh, agents. You're trying to solicit for attention, create great content. And we're not talking about the music create great content, great communication pieces to push out there into the world, Uh, curate it properly. Don't just, uh, Oh man, somebody said Facebook lives are great. So don't, get on Facebook Live every, you know, five times a day just to be on Facebook Live, come up with good ideas and do it when you have a good ideas. And if something falls flat, say, okay, we won't try that again. We'll do something else. Don't be afraid to fail because you're going to fail multiple times. (laughs) So so keep keep trying because uh, success comes from experimentation. Right, right. You know, failure shouldn't even be a thought. It's you, you should just be moving forward, 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 onward and upward all the time. Yeah. And don't don't even, as you said, failure, failing is going to happen. Don't even think about it. Just let it happen and just keep moving on by. You just learn from it and go to the next step. And I think if you know, if you're a developing artist, the 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 mistake I see so often is they go from A to Z. You know, they say, okay, we've got, we've got an album. Cool. How do we take over the world? You know, like I'll, I'll be talking to a band from, from Europe somewhere. They're like, their debut album isn't even out. And they're saying, okay, when can we tour America? Are you playing any shows in your backyard yet? Take care of the country you're in. Make sure you're big there. Then you go to the country next door and then the country next door. And then you kind of wait, don't, don't think yet. Yes, we live in a global world. Every the internet's connected us all. But don't don't make that leap so quick. It's still some of the things about this industry are still old school. You still have to. If you're a band, I was uh, speaking at the SIE Institute uh, here in Nashville to a class, and a young woman said, "I manage a band here in in Nashville. What what should I do?" I said, "How many how many local promoters do you know in Nashville?" She said, I don't really know. I said, start making friends with all the promoters in Nashville so that you can play shows in Nashville. Go to the local breweries. I said, there's a bazillion craft craft beer breweries here in Nashville. Go talk to them. See if you your band can play on the patio during, you know, Saturdays. And, 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 and don't expect that that first show you're going to get paid $500. No, you're going to do it for free. You're going to do it for free. <laughs> Maybe maybe they give you a little taste of the door. Right. You know, go to the tattoo parlors. Go to the record stores. 
make friends with these people, explain to them what you're trying to do, you know, and they're not, some of them may look at you like you're a, 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 an idiot and they're not interested, but you got to keep trying. You know, I said, concentrate and make friends here and then start traveling down the road. Then you can go get over to Knoxville, get over to Memphis. Don't just start thinking, how can I, um, how can I play a show in LA? When you haven't even taken care of your hometown yet. Well, and, and Jay and I have always said this, and you know this is the case. The word of mouth within the industry. So if, if, if you've tackled Nashville and you've gotten to know some promoters there and you've done some good things there, mm -hmm. those promoters hang out and talk with other promoters. And, you know, they may say, hey, you know, are you looking for somebody to fill, you know, a show you've got in Knoxville? Let me give you the name of blah, blah, blah. Call them. They did great for me. You'll love them. They were professional to work with. They busted yeah. their ass in promoting it. That's that's how the, the word of mouth through the industry spreads because then, as you were talking about how you discover, you know, especially developing talent – you know, someone goes, hey, Nick, have you heard of these guys? I've had yeah. them for three shows, and they are doing awesome for me. Yeah. And you're like, no, I haven't, but I'll check them out now. Yeah. It's kind of like the, when I um, when I had a job at Artemis Records working for Daniel Glass and Danny Goldberg. I, I remember that Daniel's thing was always, hey, um, call the local record stores in this market and ask, you know, hey, any local bands – like selling a lot of CDs for yeah. you, you know, and, and then he would have the promo folks. Hey, any, any local bands you guys are playing on the radio that you get a lot of phones on. You know, it's kind of the same thing, you know, it can't just all be, Oh, uh, that band has a hundred thousand Facebook likes something, something must be going on. Cause no, cause they could have, you know, done something wacky, like bought a bunch of likes in Bangladesh or whatever, you, you know? Uh, and so that can be a bit, misleading so you do have to look at uh, if they have those numbers how do they get there right and then you have what, to actually what, look what, at what's, what's their history what are they yeah what are they doing right now i mean it, you know i have talked to clients yeah you can I, you could go out and buy a million views on that youtube video but listen as somebody in the business i can sit down on your account and go there's a million views but you've got zero comments yeah that doesn't that doesn't make sense. You've got a yeah. million views, but nobody thumbed up your video. Yeah, or you've got a hundred thousand Facebook likes, but your post has three likes. Your last post was from two weeks ago. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and, and and those are important things that I think bands always have to understand. People in the business understand all of mm -hmm. that. We we take it all in. We'll sit there and go, okay, you've got you've got a lot of followers online. Are they legit? Let me do a quick check to see if they're legit. If they yeah. all start adding up and somebody else is saying, oh, by the way, I do like them, it all helps your yeah. case for moving forward to moving to the next level. Yep, that's very true. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not that much different than it's always been. You just got to hustle. You're, you're, you're right. I mean... It's still all about the fan relationship. It's connecting with people. You can do it today a lot more efficiently, a lot more in mass, but mm -hmm. it has to be real. It has to be legit. You still have to get out there and play live. Doesn't do, do, It doesn't matter whether it's 1980 or 2018. You still have to play live. And you you start at the bottom by playing to five people, and you work your way up until you're headlining on a weekend in a major city. That hasn't changed. I think the best de description I could give it, and I said this to an artist last week. Um, we we had we had lunch, and I said, it's like running for office. It's like being a politician. You have your people who run your social media campaigns and they do this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, you got to go out there and shake hands and kiss babies. You got to press the flesh. Yep. 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 Yeah. You know, uh, I I can only do so much as, as, as your marketing person, as your online strategy. If you're not willing to play shows, 
there's no magic button you or I can hit to do yeah. anything for any band. And I think that's some bands feel like because of the internet and computers and technology, isn't there just the magic pill I can take that takes me yeah. from zero to a hundred? And it's like, there is no magic pill. You want to add 10 new fans every day and it might take you a year to get to that end result. Yeah. But it's worth it when you look back to see what you've accomplished. But no, I can't get you there by tomorrow morning. That's a conversation, honestly, I have. That's the conversation I have almost with every single artist is is or manager is, okay, what brilliant marketing idea do you have? And I said, it sounds like you're asking for the magic bullet to cure all ills. And guess what? If that existed... I would shoot it all the time and I would be filthy rich. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if I had it, trust me, I wouldn't say, no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to hide it. I would, I would, I would have sold it uh, to somebody a long time ago and, and be uh, living on an island somewhere. But it, it, it doesn't exist. It, it's, it's blood, sweat, and tears. It is. It is. You, you still got. The, the only thing that's different now is maybe now you have to be more than just the musician, which you could have been in the 80s because everybody else did it for you. Yep. Now you've got to be the musician, but you also have to wear a lot of different hats. And if you can't wear those hats, your options are you don't go anywhere or you hire people to wear those hats for you to support you. The artists have to do a lot more work. It's not the – it's not – you know, it used to be um, – Write, write a great record, label takes it in, show up to film the video, uh, show up for your radio and press interviews, uh, don't get arrested for anything really salacious, you know, uh, and that was it, you know, and it, it just be out there and be a rock star. And now it's, you have to do so much more. You can't just say, we turned the, the record into the label, well, now they got to go do their thing, we don't got to do nothing. Nah, it doesn't work. Is, like. I was going to ask you: Is that frustrating from your side of things as a label when when that when you run into that where an artist is like, okay, it's your job? Yeah, yeah, because it, it's it's that's not the way it works anymore. You really the artists that are the best to work with are the artists who understand that they're like, okay, now the hard work starts, right? You know, they know that they, they got through the gauntlet of making the album. They say, okay, now my sleeves are really rolled up. Let's go. Then you say, okay, great. Yes, this is all the things we're going to do. And they're cranking out interviews. They're doing whatever. They, they're they're calling people they know. They're working their contacts. The manager's working their contacts. That's how it's supposed to be, a really big collaborative effort. When you get the, what are you doing for me, kind of, kind of thing, while they're like sort of sitting there, you know, that gets to be a frustrating conversation because you're saying it's just not how it works anymore. I don't know how to explain to you that that's not how, right. Well, clearly that that's not how it works anymore. So you've really, the artist really, and it doesn't matter where you are in your career. There's, I mean, even a Beyonce who could just put something out and it will do um, relatively well. She's still going to go out and work her tail off for yep. to, to, to make things happen. Because she, you know, the, those artists know she does Kanye West, all these folks, they know, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Even when you got into the top, you got to keep grinding. Yep. Yep. Um, Nick, uh, how can people reach out if they want to contact you, if they've got music, if they just got questions, how do you, uh, how can you be found? Uh, well, obviously, we're on all the major social media channels. We've got a website, Frontiers.it. You can email info at Frontiers.it if you want to get a hold of anybody at the company, submit music. If we don't get back to you, don't take it personally. We get a lot of submissions. <laughs> if, you, if, if you don't get back to them, get used to it because you're pro if you're new to this business, you're probably going to have a lot of unanswered emails. But you know okay. what? It only takes one to get answered. Here's a bit of advice for bands. Don't just send a YouTube link with no explanation of what's going on. Because <laughs> that's a great way to get, get ignored for sure. Don't, don't attach files. Don't attach oh. zip files. Don't attach the full album. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I, don't, I know I don't want that. Send me the SoundCloud oh. link. Make it a private link. Send me a yeah. YouTube playlist. Is it up on Spotify? Send me the Spotify 
link. You know what? It, what, and, it, what, and, what and don't send a novel. Brief description. Right. <laughs> ex- ex- exactly. You've gotten that the uh, the college uh, uh, application essay. Oh. <laughs> you're like, okay, I don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, it, it it it's funny. You know, people like you and I and many many people out there. You know, we, there could be a fun podcast just us sitting around talking about the stories of the things yeah. we've seen, the things we've received, the things we've heard, the things. I still go back to. You know, we'll wrap up here, but the funniest one, and I'm sure you've gotten this. I was at a uh, industry event a number of years ago and was at a showcase. I was on a panel and they were showcasing and I'm sitting there. And after the showcase, one of the bands came up and gave me their CD. It's like, great, okay, I'll take this home and I'll give it a listen. Go home and I put the CD in. It's a blank CDR. Completely blank. (laughs) And I'm like... Um, I think I remember who this was because they didn't write anything on the CD. Yeah. The yeah. Mute, there was nothing, rec- and I'm just like, oh my god, really, really? Yep. You you had this great opportunity <laughs> to get, and I'm sure every other CD you passed out to all the other people on that panel yeah. was just as blank. <laughs> Maybe they were going for a really uh, ultimate ambient music experience. Uh, it's just you know, it's it. It's funny the things bands yeah. you have great intentions, but you know little things like that. It's just like, yeah, make sure the music's on there. Make sure your phone number's on there. Make sure there's a name on there. Get the um, get the little details right. The it you know the, the the little the the little details of if you're gonna if you're gonna email me a Dropbox link to download some MP3 files. Make sure you put all the metadata on those MP3s, because the last thing I want is my iTunes to go untitled song by untitled artist, and I'm like, oh, oh, who was yep. this? I like this, but who was this? Yes, and be consistent in your capitalization <laughs> in your metadata too. That is, I, there's nothing worse than putting an album in. It's like, you know, the first letter, the first word is capitalized, and everything else is 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 lowercase oh it's it's it, it, it it's, those are things that have never changed in the industry no probably go on forever it will go imagine. it will go on forever <laughs> but it's like yeah you know just watch those little things it really helps to separate you from the pack it makes it easier yeah. um yeah. nick this was blast i love love chatting about yeah, business man. like this but especially love chatting about classic rock and hard rock that's where my heart's always going to be you know that's that's yeah. the music i love so no um, you and me we're, we're lifers you know once once you got bit by that bug forget it it's it's done you don't you don't outgrow it yep. you know and 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 trust me rock is not dead yeah. um i mean frontiers is definitely waving the flag but so many artists are just releasing the music on their own yeah don't be you afraid know. to go look for the music you can't wait for it to find you you go find it, but it's out there, man. There's some great stuff being released. Yeah, we actually just started. I came up with a campaign uh, because we have all our our young developing artists, and we want to separate them from the the classic rock artists we're doing. So fans know that hey, man, there are all these awesome new rock bands coming out. Don't if I see somebody say there's no good music coming out, man. No, you're not trying to look. Right. Because there's a ton. So uh, we labeled all these guys the new breed, and we're calling it what it is, the future of hard rock, the future of metal. And we're certainly not the only label doing this. All our, 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 our brothers in you know, Metal Blade, Relapse, Nuclear Blast, Napalm, you know, they're all putting out new bands. Major labels are too, of course, Greta Van Fleet being a great example. Um, and one of the slogans involved with the new breed campaign is we're saying rock ain't dead. Yeah, it's not. It's not. There's always going to be some kid who's going to see a video of Jimmy Page or Tony Iommi or Eddie Van Halen and say, oh, I want to do that. Yep. You know, I, I believe it. I believe in a garage could be down the street from me here, here in Franklin, Tennessee. You know, there's there's somebody saying, man, we're going to be the next Guns N' Roses. Yep. You know, I, I firmly believe it's going to happen. We're just. Everything's cyclical in this business. Hip hop rules the roost, rightfully so. There's some really creative music uh, being being done by hip hop artists, but rock will have its chance. It just takes that one band, kick open the door again, and it'll start flowing. Rock, and- rock, rock has never died. It's had its peaks. It's had its valleys. It's all, but it's always been there. 
It's never yeah. gone away. You know, you know, rock is the core of rock and roll. I mean, yeah. everything else is an offshoot of rock and roll, but at the end of the day, you know, guitar, bass, and drums, there's always going to be bands doing it. Yep. And we're finding there's no shortage of young people playing rock and roll music to who want to make it, try to make a career out of it. Yep. So I would be worried if we can't seem to find any young people <laughs> playing this music or doing a band, then I would really be freaking out. But there's no shortage. No. There is a, a, a plethora. Yep. So yep. I think it's it's all going to be, you know, anybody saying it's dead just doesn't know. Anybody saying it's dead is just saying that for press. Yeah, <laughs> it's a catchy, a catchy little tagline. But, you know. Exactly, because, yeah, if, you, if you're a fan of it, you know it's not dead. There's so much of it to be found out there. It's 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 again an overwhelming amount to sift through. Really, yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet you get quite a bit of submissions. Yeah, we do, we do, and but hey, we wouldn't want it any other way. There you go. So Nick, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down here. This was great. Lots of lots of good insight for bands of any genre came out of this conversation. So, um, thank you very much. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate the time.